Welcome back to the 1010 Project Podcast. My name is Tyler Reagan, and today I have the privilege of setting up an awesome interview with a friend named Jordan Montgomery. Uh, before we get there, uh, I know uh, last episode was an awesome episode with Josh talking with our friend Christian Stanfield about uh, the realities of leading a ministry and also the uh, the need for friends in times uh, that sometimes you don't even need it. And Christian was super honest about his struggles uh, with alcohol and his struggles with um, really not being honest about that for a long time until he went through onsite, got some of the help that we try to help our guys get. And uh, God's doing an amazing work of redemption and recovery in Christian's life. And so um, that was awesome. Go back and listen to that if you haven't had a chance. Uh, I want to remind you, we have an incredible partner named Compassion International. Uh, one of our uh, guys, Ben Rao, who's been a friend of mine for a long time, uh, went with us in February and is a part of our business leader group. But they are uh, coming alongside to lift the arms of these pastors and leaders and also doing, obviously, amazing work throughout the world as they serve over two million kids day in and day out uh, through sponsorship. And so go to Compassion.com. You can find out more. And I uh, just can't say enough about the guys that are willing to help us uh, serve these leaders. And uh, so, uh, you know, one of the unique things about 1010, we've talked to a lot of sages, but we also want to talk to some of the guys uh, who are currently in the throes of it, in the uh, you, you, on the younger side of things, going, how? what are you doing to prepare yourself to play, to now make sure you're healthy to make sure you're walking through it. And today's uh, conversation with Jordan is uh, one of those of someone who's in their 30s, who's actually been through a pretty difficult season and is coming out better because of it. Jordan is a performance coach. He's a keynote speaker, does a lot of uh, coaching with clients and business leaders and, and uh, professional athletes as well. His his group, the Montgomery Companies, is uh, filled with speakers who are serving Fortune 500 companies, doing keynotes, but also coaching and working with them. And so uh, I just thought this would be an incredible time to talk to someone who's got a lot of influence, who's spending a lot of his days um, trying to serve the kingdom, but also serve it in the marketplace um, and to be on the front end of this journey of health and trying to be a leader worth following. And so um, thanks for being a part of this 1010 family. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jordan Montgomery. Welcome back to the 1010 Project podcast. It's an honor today to have, I don't know, like I say new friend, but like longtime mutual friend slash kind of run in the same circles. But Jordan Montgomery of Montgomery Companies is with us today on the podcast. Jordan, glad to have you on the 1010 podcast. Tyler, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy when, you know, we started talking about backgrounds and connections, just the layers of relationship and friendship that we share. So anyway, yeah. There's a reason we're connecting today, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you. Know, there's somebody that comes to mind because you, you and I have a lot of similarities in the fact that we spend a lot of our, our a lot of our capital is relationships. It's networks. Mm. It's it's kind of like we spend our days thinking, how do I wait? You need to be in this room with that group because that would potentially change the trajectory of what God's doing in your life. Yes. Uh, just about, gosh, less than a year ago now, um, a longtime mentor, Peb Jackson, passed away. Did you did you spend time with Peb at all? I, I did not. No. Gosh, do you know that name at all? Have I, you? I don't. I don't know if I know the name to be honest. Wow. So Jordan, you know our mutual friend Brad Lominick. It's definitely Brad's mentor. Peb is a was a lifelong 
connector. Like he helped, he was the engine behind the museum of the Bible early on. He was very early with young life and helped build that model out. He was one of the uh, key leaders with um, uh, focus on the family early on, like, but Mm -hmm. nobody knew him, like, you know, and I actually write about Peb in the back of life giving leader, where I talk about the most life giving leaders. Usually you don't even know their names. Um, They just, they just care for people in a different way. So he passed away last year after fighting um, a cancer battle for like 10 years. And I think he was in mid seventies. And just, I think from everything I know about you, Jordan, you carry a lot of the characteristics that Peb carried so well. You're curious, you ask great questions, uh, but you're spending a lot of your days serving leaders like that. So talk, give us, for those that don't know you, give us a little update on, on how you're doing, what you're doing, and maybe how you got to this point. Yeah, well, today, uh, you know, there's there's uh, 18 of us total in our in our company, and the joke, Tyler's like, my wife runs the business, I run my mouth, and you know, we, like we laugh, that makes people laugh, but it's 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 pretty true of how we operate. So my wife and I are in business together. We got four, four children, um, and, and we, we're just a team of coaches and speakers focused on really two things: leadership development and organizational health. So we live in Iowa, and we work with executive leaders across multiple industries, do a lot of work in the world of sports, just trying to help leaders uh, remain healthy, honestly, so much of the work that you're doing. Um, a lot of our work is around soft skills. So it's yeah. effective communication, it's self-awareness, it's teamwork, building culture. Um, certainly, you know, trained speakers, uh, people who want to be leading and influencing, you know, more people, but uh, lo- love the work. I'm, I'm a small town Iowa guy. I grew up in Kelowna, Iowa, which is the largest Amish community west of the Mississippi. So wow. there you go. Was not Amish, but grew up with the Amish. And man, I just had a, I just had a fun upbringing. I, I grew up the son of a blue collar business owner. He was an entrepreneur, small painting business, nothing fancy. But I just remember from a young age, felt like I, I wanted to have the sort of autonomy that my dad had o- over his life. And so um, knew I wanted to be a business owner, went to college as sort of a social experiment, um, graduated <laughs> college, realized I had no money, no experience, no knowledge. I thought, man, I got to find a business where I don't have to invest money and it's not going to take me a whole bunch of time to learn. And so started in the financial services business. So I was kind of in business for myself, but not by myself. Uh, 27 years old, I had a crazy fall from grace in 2015 that uh, we can talk about that really set my life on a different trajectory uh, to do the work that I'm doing today. So that yeah. that's kind of the, the short story of who we are and how we got to where we're at. That's awesome. So, so when you talk about fighting for health, preventative care in a sense, like uh, healthy rhythms that came from a, a real place for you, huh? Oh man. Yeah. did it ever. I, I was 27 Tyler. And I was like, by, by worldly standards, I'm like living in the proverbial penthouse, you know, making yeah. good money and I'm traveling every week and I'm speaking and I'm leading. Um, and, but you would have, you would have referred to me at 27. I, I was definitely like the young leader who was overexposed and underdeveloped. So I had a lot of, um, I, don't, I had a decent amount of influence. I was out front. I was trusted with certain opportunities to, to lead, but I really wasn't like, I really didn't know who I was Yeah. and I wasn't really in tune with my values and I really wasn't working on myself. So my, my influence was ahead of my character. And, you know, somebody once said like, if, if you know your goals, but not your values, your goals will take you to a place that you never intended to go. Right. And that was kind of my story, man. I was, I was 27. I was leading this large financial services firm. It's a Fortune 100 company. I'm, I'm traveling every week to teach and train. I'm building this big house. 
total lack of wisdom. I'm 27 years old, like single guy. What the heck are you doing? The reality is, man, I was, I was just living for the ways of the world. Like it sure. was all about me. It was about building my kingdom and my empire. And, you know, looking back, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to see that young guy, you know, cause God's, God's healed and, and restored so many things in my life. But anyway, 27, man, I, I get a call April 1st, uh, 2015. My supervisor says, I need to see you right away. I was so naive, Tyler. I actually wow. kind of him off. I was like, oh, I don't have time, man. I have to be another day. And he's like, well, this is the kind of meeting that you you clear your calendar for. Like, I need to see you like, like now. Right. And I was like, oh man, like somebody on my team must've done something really silly. Like surely it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. You still can't yeah. think it's you, right? <laughs> oh, just like over my head, you know, I walk into the meeting. I'll never forget what he said. He just said, you haven't been malicious or intentional, but you've been careless and casual. And when you're careless, you create casualties. And so, um, I just wasn't dotting the I's. I wasn't taught, uh, mm. you know, crossing the T's. There was a person on my team that took a test on my behalf. I didn't report it. Uh, a couple bonuses that went undocumented. It was a lot of that stuff. Really, my right. leader was saying, I don't trust your spirit. Like, I don't trust your character. Yeah. And I need to, I need to remove you from this position of leadership. So wow. I lost my job and I lost all my money. I was involved in some real estate deals that went sideways. So I went from the outhouse, I should say the penthouse to the outhouse, like, overnight. Yeah. Company sent a company-wide email, very public, very embarrassing. I got thousands of messages, went into hiding. For two years, man, I just sat in, in sort of the desert. I got rehired by the same company, had another opportunity, but the supervisor that picked me up, my new boss said, you're not going to speak. You're not going to train. You're not going to teach. You're just going to work on yourself. And that's the season, Tyler, where God like yeah, refined me, worked on my heart. Um, for the first time in my life, I really started opening God's word. And, you know, I would say all of a sudden I, I had an active prayer life. It was, you know, discipleship became a thing for me. Like it, it just, he just used that season to, to restore and rebuild. And, you know, it's like, I don't know why he set it up that way, but he does his best work in the desert. And uh, sometimes his preparations package is just pain. Yeah. You can, you can relate to that. But, but, <laughs> but, but through that, man, I just, I got, I got married. I met my wife in that season. She had two kids from a previous marriage. I got to become dad. And so I think God wow, that was quick. prepared me. He prepared me for some yeah. stuff. You know? And um, today we have four kids and anyway, so it's all good, man. I, I, he used that season of my life to teach me a lot. That's um, God. It's, I wish, I really wish Jordan that we could learn these things, not in painful ways. Don't you like, um, come on, like, uh, and I, I hate, and anyway, there's a lot of layers to this. I want to, can I talk about one thing real quick as you, as you mentioned this, because for years, even when I was leading Catalyst and I've always loved young leaders, I've always loved the next generation. That's still a passion for me. I, I teach down at Southeastern University just because I love the next generation, not because you get rich for being an adjunct professor. I'll tell you that much, but Here's the thing that we've said for years, which is, and I'm watching this on social media and I'm watching this all around. Young leaders quite often want the destination, but they don't want to go through the process. They don't want, they, 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 they want to get there. And I've always, that kind of my leadership, one of my lifelong foundational leadership things is that if you're not willing to take care of the two, God's not going to give you influence with the 200 or the 2000. Right. And, and, so you kind of experienced that in some way, right? Like you, you got to the destination and you keep saying, I, I wasn't ready in a sense. I couldn't carry the weight. Talk about that for just a second. As you coach young leaders, as you work with folks, what would you say to them who just want to be at the destination and not willing to do the work? 
Oh man, that's so good. Well, for one, I think we we all have a little bit of destination addiction. That's kind of the world that we live in today. Um, but I would say this, man, for young leaders, and this is this is still true for me today. Like, character is developed in in the dark. Yeah, you know, it's not an out front thing. And I think a lot of leaders want to be out front. They want to be under the lights, and that's not where that's not where God does His best work, and that's not where we grow. And so, you know, we're just challenging leaders um, to do the inner work. Um, and I, and I think that means a lot of things. I think that's getting feedback. I think it's being discipled. I think it's having counselors and coaches it's getting into God's word. It's being active in your prayer life. Um, it's all that stuff that's like slow and Mm -hmm. maybe some days feels mundane and you don't get credit for it. Um, but I also say this, when it comes to having more opportunity and it comes to like the next chapter and being trusted with more. Um, senior leaders can fall in love with your, your character. They, they can't fall in love with your ability. They can be impressed with your ability, but what sure. they fall in love with is your character. And so if you want more opportunity, you want to be entrusted, uh, to lead in a greater way. I think, I think a senior leader saying, I want to know more about this person's character. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for today. Like I don't, we're around a ton of talented people, you know, we, you and I just sat in a room in Orlando and it's a bunch of really impressive people. And, it just, I think as you get older, it's harder to become impressed. I mean, you can look at somebody and go, oh, that person has a lot of charisma or talent right. or energy or whatever. But what we're really testing for subconsciously is always what's their character? Like, how do right. they treat people? Are they staying connected to the vine? Are they a person of integrity? Um, do they have strong habits and discipline? And so for a young leader out there, I just say, man, make sure in the dark you're working on yourself. Nobody else is watching. It's what you do. Uh, in the dark that I, I think matters. And I, and, I, and I think you've been a great example of that, Tyler. I, you're still doing stuff in the dark. That people don't try to, that, you know what I mean? That's, um, <laughs> right. that's, that's helping you prepare and ready yourself for the next chapter, you know? Yeah. Anything yeah. you'd add to that? Uh, yeah. I just, you know, like you said, I doing this, like I'm in this PhD program. There's, I'm a terrible student. You know, I dedicated my second book leading things. You didn't start to my 420 SAT score in English right? Like this is not like it was down my career path. Um, But I'm a lifelong learner, kind of like our friend John Maxwell, what he said the other day. But like, here's my biggest concern is that um, we're watching a world that feels like overnight success is possible for everyone. And the truth is none Mm -hmm. of it is overnight. Like, I remember the band Fun when it came out and they released that Some Night song and it was incredible, a huge hit. And people were like, where did they come from? They're, that was their ninth album, Jordan. It was their ninth album. And wow. we good. we just have to recognize like, um, and you know what, you, you talked about being attractive and falling in love with certain characteristics or like the character of people. I also fall in love with the work that people are willing to do. And when millennials mm. and Gen Z's are showing yes. a different model for what's, because ex- what's expected of those generations is the stereotype. You're entitled, you're this, that, and the other, which you and I work with that that age group and love them because we can find the ones who say, I'm not going to be that. Like, even though I'm going to be labeled that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go the other direction. There's something to be said about that. Um, and, I, and I think there's something to be said about uh, being faithful to the the work for a lack of better term. Um, there's, there's something I, I don't love the gig economy. I don't love necessarily the, the jumper. I know that I think on average in their twenties, most leaders will be at six jobs. I get it in your twenties, 
what happens. I had a conversation this morning with our executive team here at the church I work at. Um, we've got leaders that sometimes become unhirable in my eyes because they can't settle. I don't mind you changing jobs, but there's a settled thing in your spirit yes. that allows me to yeah. trust you. Does that make sense? So yes. I don't know. I think those are a couple of things I think about. And, you know, it's interesting as we think about 1010 Project and, and as we're serving these leaders, a lot of our guys are a little like in their 30s, 40s. We, we've had groups in their 50s and 60s, which is awesome. Um, and, and trying to build some safety and community so that they they can say we just finished a group of six pastors that uh, just went through their counseling component, man. And I just talked to it's one of our guys here just was within the group. And he was like, I, I just didn't even know I needed it that bad. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the truth about prevention, right? And prehab is you don't know you need it, but you're doing the work. You're preparing for the yes. time that you need the conversation. Talk about that for a second. What are some things you have in your life? Not because you need it right this second, but it's almost the guardrails. It's almost the safety net. It's almost the community that, you know, if you need it, it's going to be there when you need it. Yeah, I love that, man. Well, for, first off, I love the work that you all are doing in that space. It's so critically important. We were talking offline before we started recording the conversation just about you know, mor- moral failure and how, how it can just be so devastating to yeah. a church or to any organization. And um, you know, I'll just share, I, I can share with you some things that we're doing, but I'll also share this from a conversation I recently had with, with Craig Rochelle. This, this kind of rocked me, man, in, in a really unique way. And it also, as I share this, by the way, I'm not advocating that everybody has to do this. Um, if you don't know Craig, he's, you know, probably a lot of people do, but he's a pastor, author, yeah. speaker. I mean, he's, you know, so he's been trusted and trusted to lead a large group of people. And, and he's earned it, man. He's one of my favorite humans on the planet. And uh, I just, I, can't, I don't have enough. I don't have enough adjectives to describe how much I care about Craig Rochelle. So I, I could not align with you more. It's great, man. Well, he, yeah. So, you know, in, in all of his, um, and all, with all of his influence and, and the many things that he's accomplished and done, he's had to he's had to take some extra steps, you know, some some prehab steps that I think a lot of leaders aren't willing to take. And so I asked him this very specific question of like, how are you navigating in this world of celebrity pastor, you know, that that type of culture, and and really just making sure that you don't step into something you shouldn't, or there isn't some sort of moral failure that that takes down your ministry. Like, what, tell me about that. Like, how are you thinking about that? Right. And I'll just never forget Craig's response. He, he said, well, uh, I got a team of people who reads my text messages. There's a team of people who reads my emails. There's a bunch of stuff I cannot search. Like he, he joked, he's like, I can't search hot air balloons because the word hot is in, is in the search. You know, I can't do that. He, he, he made some comment about like a jujitsu class that he, you know, he started taking and uh, his team wanted to know like, Hey, this is a unique location. Tell us more about this. So the point is he's, he's, got a lot of checks and balances. There's a lot of guardrails. And his comment was, why resist a temptation tomorrow that I could resist today? Yeah. And a lot of people look at that and go, that's crazy. And I think Craig would say, if, if I'm going to have crazy impact, I have to have crazy boundaries and crazy standards. Um, none of us are, you know, void of, you know, sin and and temptation. I mean, it's it's a real thing. And so I, there's just a couple of things in my life that I, I'd point to by God's grace, Tyler, that we've been able to step into. One of those things would be, marriage coaching with my wife. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not getting coached because something's wrong. I mean, of course, there's all kinds of things that we're trying to work on, but we just want to remain healthy, you know? And as so we get coaching for our business and our fitness and our money and our, you know, relationships and other put, but like a lot of people don't have a, don't have a marriage coach or a counselor. So that's one that's just been a good discipline for us. It's a rhythm just to check in and yeah. 
have deeper conversation about what it means to be, to be married, you know? And, um, and then another one is just, I think about relationships with mentors. So there's a few men in my life who kind of disciple me, mentor me. I would be uh, in a really probably different place. Um, I, I probably would be in a bad place if it weren't for these three men in my life. And so one of those guys is Brad Lominick. One is uh, who you know very well. One is Dale Mulliken, an elder at our church. And another one is kind of a Barnabas relationship, a guy, a guy by the name of Caleb Wilson. So, you know, none of that is like, like really new or fresh. Um, but those are just some things that have really kind of helped me yep. um, in, in terms of just, you know, having some boundaries and some guardrails. Yeah. You know, what's huge, Jordan, is that you can name them. I think there's a lot of guys that would say they have mentors in their life, but they they don't know how to name them because it's more of a nebulous uh, friendship, a thing. But that tells me that you have an intentional relationship uh, that in the moment, if you needed to, you could call in the mm-hmm. situation. You've got a relationship that's been built over the times that you didn't need it so that you can handle it when you do. And they're prepared for that. You know, they know mm. you, they know where this comes from. Like I've got people, you, you and I both as leadership consultants or coaches, we'll get people that call us. That I don't have a relationship with. And, and they're like, Hey, I need you to coach them. I'm like, great. It's going to take some time. I've got to know them. Like, you know, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if you guys have a process yeah. or not. People are always asking me like, what's your process when you come into a church or an organization and do consulting? Well, my process is an audit. I want to know who we are, what, what, because what I do for this church is going to probably be different than what I do for this church. Cause you're in yeah. different places. You need different things. And so, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some processes we could throw at you. I just don't think it works that way that I can throw the same process at every organization. It doesn't play out that way. You know, what's working for this orthopedic medical device company I'm working for. And for this church that, um, you know, is, uh, in need of some Sunday, like some growth opportunity it's two different, two different conversations of what they need. So, and I think it's the same thing with mentoring relationships with, um, with our, with, with the communities we have around us. And, um, you know, I think there's some encouragement of like when we were all together last week or week and a half ago, that's a, That has a space in that rhythm, right? Yes. Yeah. But those also aren't the yeah. people that you're going to probably go you might That's go right. 80% the way there, but you're not going to go the hundred percent the way there That's because right. there's not safety in that necessarily. And so even with 1010, that's been, that's been the biggest discovery for us is mm. we do not put guys in circles that are in each other's worlds. That mm. is intentional. And, uh, but it's also, but all of them are doing similar things. So even our business leaders, you know, we've had two business leader groups very similar concept, but none of them know each other prior to this. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've had four or five Chick-fil-A operators go through. We've had to be really intentional with the circles they feel comfortable actually saying all the things in. So um, I applaud you for that, for real. And at 35, whatever age you are, which you look like you're 19, so it works out. But <laughs> <laughs> but the intentionality behind that. But hey, let me ask you this. If if what happened at 27 hadn't it happened? Mm. Do you feel like you would have been that intentional uh, as you've moved forward? No, unequivocally, no. Yeah, yeah, without without question. And and I think you start to realize the the hidden parts of your life. We all have them, right? And right. let me say this: this is what I what I love so much about you and Josh is like when when 
I talk to you or when I talk to Josh, I get like the real raw unfiltered. Like it's not this dressed up. I think a lot of times, especially in, in, the, in the ministry world or space, there just can be a lot of like, it yep. just, it just kind of dressed up. Yeah. I mean, you talk to Turner and it's like, you're going to know in five minutes, (laughs) you're just going to be dangerous. Let's be clear. There's a line. Okay. Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) I struggle with this and I've wrestled with that. And so like, but you're giving, so it's two things. You're giving people a space to have those conversations and and to share those moments. But also I think you're modeling that well for people, you know, just in your own leadership journey and your outward expression of stuff you've struggled with or wrestled with. And not even like a, this, hey, let me tell you all my stuff. And this is sure. the major thing I'm it's struggling spilling with. spilling on everybody, right? It's more, yes, yeah, it's just more like your vernacular and the way that you talk about struggle and, and leadership. And, and we, we just need more of that, man. So, um, but anyway, back to your question. No, no, no chance. I mean, I needed to go through that to be, to be uh, refined and yeah. God's still working on me, but I needed that season. Yeah, it's, it's the challenge. And, and truthfully, while we do the counseling component of 1010, is because therapists or counselors can look at a guy who throws church language on hurt and go, no, 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 no. And I'll never forget. We have one group is one of our first groups. And one of the guys said, yeah, Hey, I'm just, I'm just in a slump. And our therapist went, no, 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 you're depressed. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, I kind of like slump better, but that's what we do, Jordan. And, and we feel because, and part of this is we've got a generation uh, the Gen X's, uh, the boomers came out of generations that said, if you struggle with mental health, if you struggle with these things, anxiety, mm. that is spiritually taboo. That is, you are not a giant. You are not a fit. You, you haven't prayed enough. And we're all going, yeah, maybe I have. And I'm still got to figure out some tools uh, to kind of get myself climbing out of this a little bit. And That's what we've good. done and Miles Adcox, who owns Onsite, told me this when I first called him the weekend that that God stirred this, when we lost Darren Patrick. Um, he said to me, he said, Tyler, I'll be honest with you. The hardest group to break through are Christian leaders. And he said, and pastors. And I said, why? He said, because they know exactly what you're asking. They know exactly the stuff behind it, because this is what they do for a living. And this is the rooms they sit in. And so to break through them, to get the vernacular out, to get them to say what they really need to say. And this is why the community of safety is mission critical for this, is they have to feel free to say it. Like their job's not going to be on the line. They're not going to get hung up to dry. They're not going to get thrown on Twitter and canceled. They're going to actually have a safe place to say what they need to say. So, um, yeah, I... I, now, along those lines, though, Jordan, you know, we started this with pastors. You spent a lot of your time in the business space. Mm. Why would this, and I'm seeing it, I know it's it's real and needed. Why would you think Christian business leaders need this same sort of community experience uh, work? Well, I mean, for one, I think the hardest person to lead is, is yourself. Right. And, I mean, I'll just be real with you. It's It's easy for me to <laughs> up in front of our team or another team. That's the easiest part. Leadership. Yeah. I mean, that's easy, you know, I'll tell you how to do this or how to communicate or how to, you know, so that, that part is easy. The harder part is going back and living, living that out. Um, and man, when the leader's not healthy, it's pretty hard for the organization to be healthy. Yeah. Be truly healthy. So back to your question, I, I would say in the business world, if you run an organization, if you are, if you've been entrusted to lead a group of people, and you're not healthy, uh, I think naturally your organization will be far less healthy. Yeah. And 
to me, that's just a stewardship thing. You know, it's like, man, if God's entrusted me with that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm called to, to get healthy. And, 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 and so it doesn't mean I'm always going to be perfect or right, or that I, it's, it's not a, um, it, it's a, I'm in the fight. I'm yeah. working at it. I'm confessing sin. I got some people around me who are helping me with that, who are holding me accountable. I'm, I'm, I'm able to lay things bare at their feet. To me, that's, that's the heart of a healthy person. You know, I just, and it is an interesting, and, and you, you experience this too, Tyler. I work with so many leaders who have this dressed up life and on the outside, everything looks great. And they are just breaking from the inside out, like relationship issues, marriage problems, financial problems, addiction, and, and nobody really knows, but I would argue that their, their ministry, their influence is being radically, not a little bit, radically impacted by that hidden thing, radically, radically, radically impacted by that thing in their life that nobody knows about. Now we're fortunate. We get to step into that and and help them with that. Yeah. Um, But man, I I just think if, if you can't get to a place where, where you can talk about that, deal with it, confess it, share it, have some people who are in the trenches with you, you'll never really have the impact that you're, that you're created to have. So in the business world, I, yeah, I just, I would say this, I see it with most leaders that we work with, that most yeah. leaders have a hidden thing that very few people, sometimes nobody knows about it. Yeah. And that's what we say, man, the more successful you become quite often, the more isolated you become because right. your friends are on payroll. They work at your church. They work at your business. Uh, they're, they're no longer in a position to hear those things. And that's it. um, it's a challenge, man. It's real. And so that's, uh, again, that's really the heartbeat is going, what does it look like to have safety? I think that's, that's really yeah. where it plays out. Yeah. Uh, just as we're kind of turning the corner here and close laying in this plane, if you will, Jordan, what are you most excited about right now? As you're sitting in your world and you're serving leaders and you're speaking, you're seeing some of your people speak. What are, what are the things you're most excited about right now? What's one or two? I'll say two things. One is um, the, what God's teaching us about leading in the home. Uh, Mark Batterson said this, I think in the circle maker, he said, I want to be respected most by people who know me the best. Yep. And I've been getting asked that question all the time about, you know, what are your goals? I mean, I, you know, end of the year kind of does that to you. And we're leading some, some vision type work organizationally and being called to teach and train that. And I, and I felt like God's just saying to me, like, I don't want you, I, I just, I don't, I don't, the vision thing, you're going to put that away for this year, which sounds so anti leadership development, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like for the first time in my life, he's like, I, I need you to have an open hand with the future. And and you need to be present with your family. And some of that is like, we have a newborn at home and a toddler and it's just, just crazy I'm in business with my wife. And so I'm just, it's just crazy, man. And, and, and I feel like I'm being, it stresses me out for the record. Just, it, just you it's talking. Just, <laughs> it's, just, it's the biggest blessing and it's just, but it's also just so crazy. And it's, yeah, I feel like I am saying no to things that I really want to say yes to Yeah, like every day. And I've had to just, I've had to come to, to terms with that. Like, this is not a season of yes, it's, it's a season of no. And so I'm excited about that in a, in a unique way. It's frustrating, but I know that God's using it. The second thing would be, I feel like there's a movement right now of being able to talk about um, spiritual things in, the, in a corporate setting. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. And um man, I've just been in some, I've been in some rooms and in some situations where that hasn't been the case. And I think we're seeing people step up and say, I'm going to talk about what matters. I'm going to keep it real. 
I, I, I can use the name of Jesus. I'm not going to do it in this like awkward Christian, sure. you know, Christianese type of way. But I, I and even like, I'll just say with, with my story, Tyler, I feel like God's called us to be more bold about that. Like, it's one thing to say, oh, you know, I had some great people around me and, and you know, they helped me kind of get back on the on the right path. And now our influence is changed. It's like, no, man, that was Jesus. That was That was the Lord in my life. That was his favor. It was his grace. It was his mercy. And I don't know, man, I've, I've been more bold about that lately. Yeah. And I've had more spiritual conversations, more encouraging conversations, more people open up to us about stuff that they're going through. And I, I'm sure it's coming. I know it's coming, but I've yet to have, I've, I've tried to be a little more bold about that this past year. And I haven't, I haven't had the leader and I, it'll, it'll come for sure. Who's been like, Hey man, shut it down. Right. Yeah. Shut it down. No more of that. I had one guy, man, I was out in, on the East coast. I don't even know that this was a couple of years ago, which is when I made the decision. I'm going to go all, like, I need to just right. talk more about this. He was like, Hey, you're, you're, you know, you're a gifted communicator and I think you have a bright future in speaking. And, but he's like, you just need to know this man. You, you will never speak at Google if you use your vernacular. And, and I, I was like, God, oh, you know, thanks for the feedback. Can you give me some examples of like, I didn't, I didn't even realize what I was saying. I was it right. caught me so off guard. He's like, man, you use, you use the word amen, like repeatedly. And I remember just thinking, man, well, like, I guess I'll never speak of Google because I'm not going to change. I, I don't. Sure. God's called me to this and I want to be faithful with that. And, and it, again, it's not that we're going to speak in a way that's going to alienate people. That's never the goal. Yeah. But it is the goal uh, to be bold about who we are in Christ. And, and I don't want to deny that. It. I just, I just feel like there's other men like you and, and like Josh, who, who are taking a stand saying, this is me, this is, this is my God. And yeah, I'm going I'm to stand firm in that, even, even in secular settings or corporate settings. It's, it's exactly right. Like I'm working with this, like I said, this, this orthopedic sales company right now. And the owner's a believer, uh, the guys there, you can feel sometimes the, ah, oh, can I say that? Because they want to, they want to talk about faith. But, yes. you know, again, hearing what John said last week of, and he's done this for years, which is I'm going to talk leadership. And then quite often, especially in other countries, he'll say, hey, tomorrow, if you come back, I want to tell you the thing I can't, I haven't told you yet. And I'm going to tell you the secret to my leadership. And it's, it's a faith presentation and it's beautiful. Um, so I just want to, man, I have a crazy amount of respect for you. I, um, I, one thing I want to encourage you with is that there are a lot of leaders like you who in their twenties, late twenties got humbled and did not return like you have. And so that's a, that's a picture of your character, your belief in your God, your desire to be a good husband, a, a good dad, and just a good overall uh, leader and person. And um, I think there's a lot that never recover from something like that. And um, I, if for that alone, you're a success story for the rest of your life. And I, I just, um, I'm honored that you took the time to be with us on a 1010 project. And uh, we got to get you one of these trips and one of these groups to hang yeah, out with man, us. And, come on. Uh, but man, really uh, just know there's a community that's going to be rooting you on and cheering for you. And um, just praying that you keep saying amen in those messages. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, so, keep, keep, keep the faith man what you and josh are doing together in the 1010 community is so impactful and and i think now more than ever in a world that can be so fake and artificial and superficial and inauthentic we need a place and a space for people to go and just be themselves and yeah 
and share and talk about real things that matter. And, and you guys are creating that space for people yep. on a continuous basis. So just uh, know that we're behind you and we want to walk with you in a deeper and more intentional way and look forward to future opportunities to do that. Absolutely. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, brother.